What is up, Huda Nation? Welcome inside the Straight Up Saints podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook and Makers Mark. It's your host, Chris Rizoglu of Boo Crew Media, and it is officially Falcons Week, although it's probably been officially Falcons Week since I'd say Tuesday. Uh, but we're going to have all the coverage here in terms of previewing the week one matchup for the New Orleans Saints, talking about expectations for the entire season as a whole, because we're finally into this thing. And um, also talk about what to expect from this game, whether it's offensive game planning, what we're going to see from the defense, and also, of course, touch upon the injury report. All that coming up right here on the Straight Up Saints podcast. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. Once again, guys, the Straight Up Saints podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. And with the season here, if you guys go to DraftKings Sportsbook and use the promo code BOOT, all capital BOOT, you get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game this weekend. Pretty sick deal for you guys. Must be 21 or older to play, though. So let's jump right into this, guys. We got a pretty fun one. Saints-Falcons to kick off the season. Obviously, it doesn't matter what year it is. doesn't matter what these teams look like. People are going to be pretty hyped up for this one. I mean, I remember logging on to Twitter on Monday, and I saw the trash talking was already starting between the two fan bases. And although it never really crosses the line anymore, it's still playful. It's still fun. Uh, and I do actually enjoy, you know, kind of watching it unfold on Twitter. For this one, look, let's not, like, beat around the bush here. The Saints are coming in with way more expectations, or way higher expectations, I should say, than the Atlanta Falcons. This is a team that whether it's the roster construction, the overall talent that they have, or just kind of looking what they've done the last couple of years, the Saints do have Super Bowl aspirations, whether or not they actually reach those, only time will answer that story, but it's there, right? This is a playoff caliber roster, and we're all trying to see if they can get to the point. The Falcons, meanwhile, don't get me wrong, they're probably, you're not probably, they will be shooting to be a playoff team, but they don't really, I would say, have... Uh, the funds for that in terms of looking at the roster and kind of seeing what they can do there. So the first major thing I want to talk about for this show, when you talk about Saints Falcons and, and, and what to expect, let's talk about the man, Michael Thomas, because I think when you look at this Saints season, I know we're all going to talk about Jameis Winston and how Dennis Allen looks as a head coach. And those are going to be huge, you know, point of emphasis for the New Orleans Saints. If they're going to get to where they want to go, Jameis has to be good. Uh, obviously, Dennis Allen needs to prove that he can be a quality head coach. Don't get me wrong. And I'm going to talk about them in just a little bit. But Michael Thomas, if he is the Michael Thomas of old, and I know it's a big if, right? Because the Michael Thomas of old, in my opinion, you guys know how I feel about it. I thought he was one of the top two wide receivers in football. I would say he was not two. But again, it's always up for discussion. If he is healthy, and he does sound pretty encouraged by his progress, it changes the entire dynamic of the Saints team. It kind of changes what I would project this team to be. And I truly mean that. I think he's that talented of a football player that a healthy Michael Thomas might take this Saints team from, I don't know, 10 and 7 to maybe 12 and 5. Like if we're talking about a 2018, 2019 Michael Thomas, I truly feel that way. So when I see him come out and say that he's trying to be better than what he was in 2019 and him say that he can't wait to show what he can do and things of that nature, and then you see that he was limited participant in practice can't help but get excited about that because again like I said this is a player in 2019 who's an all pro he was the first wide receiver since Jerry Rice to win offensive player of the year you insert that guy into this lineup with a team that also you know added Chris Olave added Jarvis Landry has Alvin Kamara back 
you know, the, the sky's the limit for this offense if he is healthy. So that's the first thing that I look at when I think of week one, when I think of this season, what, what are we getting from Michael Thomas? And if he's on the field, are you getting the Michael Thomas of old? Because, man, it would be exciting. I think it's kind of long overdue. A lot of us have been waiting to kind of see this unfold. We had to go through the whole 2021 season without seeing him. So for him to come back, it is long overdue. Can't wait to see what Michael Thomas does. And as of now, bearing a setback, I would be stunned if he doesn't play Sunday. I'd be stunned. He sounds like a man who's ready to play Sunday. And if you're the Saints, why not? If he's ready to go, you can ease him in. I don't think you need to play him all the snaps in the world. Uh, it's week one. Kind of get him acclimated with everything again and, and worry about it, you know, after week one how many snaps you're giving the following week. But I expect Michael Thomas to play Sunday. And if he is out there, expect that fire and intensity that we've been seeing ever since the Saints drafted him out of Ohio State. Now, let's go to the rest of the injury report because obviously Michael Thomas is not the only player on it. We have Traquan Smith and Dwayne Washington who did not participate. Smith with a groin injury. Washington with a hamstring injury. Landon Young didn't practice because of a hip injury. And then the main one that everyone will kind of gravitate towards, Paulson Adebo. Didn't practice. Ankle injury. And, you know, you guys asked before this, this show even started, is Adebo going to play Sunday? First off, we're really not going to find out, obviously, until Friday when they when they release the status. But when I think of it from now, I don't think there really is a rush to play Paulson Adebo week one. And, and I'm not saying, like, oh, you can sit guys against the Falcons. You'll, you'll beat them no problem. That is not what I'm going for at all. It's a division game. It's week one. Anything can happen. My whole point is it's there's two parts to this. A... He's dealing with an ankle injury, and we all know, we just talked about Michael Thomas, ankle injuries can linger. If Paulson Adebo is going to be as good as advertised and as good as he's been throughout training camp preseason, you got to make sure you don't rush him back because you want him at 100% so when he is back in the fold, him and Marshawn Lattimore create one of, if not the best, cornerback tandem in the league. So that's one part of the equation. The second part of the equation is the fact that personnel matters in this league, and I think when you look at this Atlanta Falcons roster, the wide receiver position is probably the unit that does not scare you. It's the least, honestly, out of every position on their depth chart. Yes, they added Drake London. Yes, I know Cordell Patterson can play the wide receiver spot. But this is a team that lost Calvin Ridley to suspension. This is a team that lost Russell Gage to the Buccaneers. They are really lacking weapons. And I think you got to remember, this is a unit that still has an elite corner in Marshall Lattimore. Still has Bradley Roby. You do have Olante Taylor. You do have P.J. Williams. You have options. I think that for the Saints case, would you love a Debo out there? Obviously, that's a no-brainer. But I'm not rushing him in the slightest. And when you look at the opponent, and you think about the fact that he does think he's making progress, could you imagine rushing him and then all of a sudden an ankle injury that if you just waited a week or two longer, all of a sudden lingers for a month, lingers for two months. We've seen this happen before. Why go down that road again? So I don't personally expect him to play. That isn't me saying I know something that people don't know. We, we really won't find out until Saturday, uh, Friday or Saturday. But I don't expect him to play Sunday. I just think it would be kind of foolish to rush him in there. So we'll see what happens uh, with that. As for the Falcons, I mean, their injury report, nothing really major to write home about. The only thing is Drake London being limited with a knee injury. But other than that, guys, I don't really, you know, expect anything else to pop up here this week. So monitor Drake London's status if you please. But even then, rookie wide receiver making his debut, there's going to be adjustments regardless if he plays or not. He's going to be a little bit of a, a growing concern, I'd say the least. So we'll see what happens there uh, in that regard. Now let's get into week one matchups, the season as a whole, because it's finally here. We've waited a long time. Football season is among us. And when it comes to the Saints team, specifically 
in this game, I think one thing I'm looking for is how do the Saints utilize Jameis Winston? I think with a week one matchup where you know your opponent fairly well, you really kind of, you faced them to close last season. And, and the roster turnover for the Falcons hasn't been tremendous. I, I know you lose Matt Ryan. I know you lose Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage. But for the most part, they brought a lot of familiar faces back. I look at that matchup to close out the 2021 season, which took place on January 9th. And I think to myself, man, if you're the Saints, you're watching that game plan again. And you're saying, can we run the ball down their throats like they did in January? For people who don't remember, that January game was probably one of the better games as a running back that I've seen Alvin Kamara have. As a football player, it's probably not even the top five because Alvin Kamara's had so many damn good games. But as a running back, strictly using him as a bruiser, letting him go in between the tackles all day, all night, it was a top five game. 30 carries, 146 yards. He was just an absolute monster. And I think for the Saints, you look at that and you think about, man, can we run the ball down their throats with Alvin Kamara to kick off week one? And if you can do that with Alvin, with Mark Ingram, and have success in the ground game, even sprinkle in some Tony Jones Jr. if you have to, that opens up your play-action game. And I said time and time again, I think the play-action pass game is the strength of Jameis Winston. I think when, we get, when we're going to see all these explosive plays this year, I think most of them are going to come off of play-action. And it makes a lot of sense, right? The Saints have one of the best running backs in football with Alvin. And they have one of the best arm talents with Jameis Winston. Now you pair him with a guy like Chris Olave. We already know Deontay Hardy can stretch the field. It makes so much sense to me if you're the Saints that early and often you're going to want to run the football with Alvin, run the football with Mark. First off, that sets the tone, gives your defense a breather, puts less pressure on Jameis Winston in his first game back since a torn ACL. So I really do think that for me, that would be what I'm looking for. How do you utilize Jameis Winston? Well, first off, my response would be, how do you utilize Alvin Kamara? Because I think it makes so much sense to go heavy on AK early and then let Jameis ease his way in. And I kind of expect that to happen. I don't think the Saints are going to throw the whole kitchen sink at Jameis Winston and say, lead us to a victory over the Falcons. There will be games where the Saints are going to need Jameis Winston to ball out and perform at a high level where if he doesn't, they'll probably lose that game. And that time will come. I just don't think that time needs to be week one. And for all the sense in the world, like I just said, you can run the ball down the Falcons' throats. They did it last year. I expect them personally to come out of the gate and try and do that again. And I think that's something that Pete Carmichael's shown us throughout the preseason, right? We all talk about whether or not Pete can handle the moment. Pete's been here for a long, long time. And whether or not Pete ever wants to be a head coach, I guess time will, will answer that. And I personally don't know if he wants to at this point. It's been such a long time. Pete really, 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 really knows how to get the run game going, and he knows how to mix it up. And I think if we go back, and I know it's just one drive in the preseason, but I said it when it happened, the preseason finale opening drive, the perfect blend of run, pass, and, and really splitting that out. And that was with a couple of holding penalties setting them back, and they still got down the field, and they still scored a touchdown. So I'm very intrigued to see how that goes down. Uh, and yes, Jack, I did go with the throw the whole kitchen sink, and I'll probably use it again at some point within the next 15 minutes. So uh, stay tuned for that, I guess. But that, that is something I'm definitely looking at. How do you use Alvin Kamara? That'll be something for me. And again, it's no knock on Jameis. I think Jameis is going to have his chance, chances, I'd say, to shine this season. And, and with a better supporting cast around him, I've always said, for me, the perfect season for the Saints is playing such good complementary football that Jameis Winston can be similar to what Ryan Tannehill has been in Tennessee. And if that happens, we saw what Tennessee's been, at least seeding-wise, and also one playoff run. The blueprint's there, and I think the Saints can kind of copy that 
a little bit in their favor. So another thing I want to talk about with the Falcons game, before we go into kind of the rest of the season, how does this secondary look? Paulson Adebo injury aside, Marcus May's, you know, legal situation aside, Gardner Johnson situation aside, you, you look, those are all storylines. I get that. What I want to see is communication. Because when you ask me, do the Saints still have a talent secondary? It's a no-brainer. Yes. The, the talent's all there. My question is, though, when you lose so many guys from last year's secondary, and granted, you've replaced them with really talented guys in their own right, there's got to be an adjustment period, right? How sloppy is that adjustment period, if it's sloppy at all? And that's what I want to know. Because when you do play the Falcons week one, there will probably be a time where maybe the communication's off or someone's not covering their zone. When it happens, how do they respond to that? And how quickly do they fix that and make sure it doesn't happen again? Because I think what we've seen over the last couple of years, Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore, Malcolm Jackson, start playing together enough times and get enough reps together. You don't really see any mistakes. There there were points last year where I thought the Saints secondary genuinely played flawless football. You can look at the Buccaneers game late in the season. You can look at maybe the Jets game if you want. You can look at a Panthers game. Whatever you want to pick, there were times where they played flawless football in the back end. And this, the skill is there for that to happen again. You know you still got Lattimore. You know Adebo's on the rise. Let's be real. Tyron Matthew is still an absolute baller, and I would go as far to say he's an upgrade over Malcolm Jenkins by a good margin. Marcus May, not an upgrade over Marcus Williams, but a damn good safety in his own right. We know what P.J. Williams can do. We know what Roby can do. You add an intriguing piece like Alante Taylor, there are forces on the secondary, but it's going to take some time, and I think that's okay. My question is how much time and how much does it possibly bite them in the behind for this Sunday's game. I don't expect it to be overwhelming. I don't think you're going to look at this game and be like, Jesus Christ, the secondary is costing you because A, so much talent, and B, you're not going up against a loaded offense. But I do think it's a storyline that a lot of us should follow for the first, I'd say, three, four games because it takes time. It takes time. So we'll see what happens there. But I think for for the Saints, that's something that I'll at least, uh, I will at least be monitoring, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if we see a couple of plays here and there where it looks a little shaky. Another aspect that we have to look at, and this, is, this isn't even a talent thing. This is a talent and health thing all combined, wrapped in one frustration thing, whatever you may want to call it. How does the interior of the Saints O-line look? Because I know what I'm getting from Ramchek if he's healthy. I know what I'm getting from Eric McCoy, who, let's be real, is due for an extension fairly soon, whether it's during the season, after the season, whatever it may be, he's going to get his money. Cesar Ruiz, Andrews Pete. How are you playing this season? And how much are you playing this season? Cesar Ruiz, rookie year, missed some time. Andrews Pete seems like every year, unfortunately, misses some time. If the Saints are going to get to where they want to go, they cannot have their O-line implode from injuries like last year. Because last year, Ruiz was the only offensive lineman who didn't miss time, which is crazy to think about. Everyone else missed at least a couple of games. So I look at your interior, and I'm questioning how many games you're going to play and when you're playing, what type of production you're giving them. Because I thought Cesar Ruiz was a standout in the preseason, which is great news for Saints fans. And I think Andrews Pete kind of proved last year while he was out, can he be frustrating? Absolutely. Do the Saints have a better option than him at guard? No. And it's okay to accept that. Like, that's totally okay. But I'm, I'm very curious to see how that goes down because if the Saints are going to have a much improved O-line, they're going to need their guards to step up. And we'll see if they can do that this year. And, and now that I'm, I'm looking at some of the comments, and I'll pull them up uh, as we continue here. Marcus Davenport not being on the injury report is absolutely a welcome sight. So you're 100% right for sending that comment in. But I will say you can almost never relax when it comes to 
Davenport or maybe Peyton Turner because unfortunately when you have these defensive ends who are, I would say, freaks of nature in terms of just being greatly gifted athletes, it wouldn't be surprised if they get hurt. But the fact that Davenport's ready to go, I would expect another big performance from him. And, and I think that's a, a thing to remember, right? And that will be a storyline for the season. Davenport's in a contract year. If Davenport somehow, and I don't want to you know, count this as a, as a guarantee because it's far from it, if Davenport were to stay healthy and play almost a full season, he will break the bank because what he did last year was by far his best numbers, and he was doing that while missing time. And while he was on the field, he was hurt. So it was really, for me, it was a welcome sight. I do agree, but I don't want to kind of, you know, put all my eggs in one basket and then all of a sudden everything spoils. So we'll see what happens there. Before I continue, Jack, as DraftKings bet, Taysom Hill score first touchdown, should I hammer this bet? Look, I don't, I don't know if you should hammer this bet, but Taysom Hill does have the Falcons number. And I think we can't ignore that, right? Whether it's the Thanksgiving game, whether it's the fact that Taysom Hill started two games during the 2020 season against the Falcons and won both of them, he's got their number. Or, or the fact that we could just go back to the end of last season, right? I talk about Alvin Kamara playing well. Taysom Hill, before he went down with a foot injury, seven of nine, over 100 yards, one touchdown. He, he looked great. So I don't know if he's going to score the first touchdown. But Taysom Hill, anytime touchdown scorer against the Falcons, which he apparently owns, I probably would feel good about that. I'd probably toss a couple bucks of my own money on that. So we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how that one unfolds. But man, Taysom Hill really does have the Falcons number. And that's something that I would expect to continue uh, when they play on Sunday afternoon. Now, I talked about kind of matchups or storylines that I'm going to look into for the Falcons game and maybe a little bit of the season. But I want to talk about this year as a whole. Because I do think for the New Orleans Saints, there, there's so much, there's no in between, right? I either see, you know, a guy like Keyshawn Johnson, Johnson rank them as the first best team in the NFC, or I see people rank them 10th or not make the playoffs. There's like no middle ground of like a reasonable human being saying, hey, I think the Saints will be somewhere from four to seven, four to six. I, I don't see any of it. And now that really just makes me want to talk about what I think is a fair expectation for this team, but what I also expect from them realistically in the sense that if they don't hit this, I'm going to be honest, I would be disappointed. When I look at this Saints team roster-wise, I do not think there are, honestly, I don't think there are seven teams with better rosters than the Saints in the NFL. I, at wide receiver, you're all of a sudden loaded. Running back, you have one of the best in the game one of the best offensive tackles, one of the best defenses collectively from a talent perspective with a defensive-minded head coach to kind of pair with that talented defense to give you a really nasty combo. Are there questions at quarterback? Sure, but it's not questions in the sense that, oh, man, we don't even know if this guy could play football because I actually have that questions about some teams, right? I look at a team like the Jets. Is Zach Wilson cut out for the NFL? Like, that's a question that I would have. I know Jameis Winston's cut out for the NFL. The question is, can he hit a certain ceiling? But I don't think that's such a huge question where it changes or hinders me from saying, I think the Saints could be a playoff team. I expect them to be a playoff team. I'll just flat out say it from now. If they're not a playoff team and it's not because of injuries, I think that's a massive disappointment for a team that has set up Dennis Allen for a lot of success this year. Just think about real quick what the Saints have done, right? I know losing Sean Payton hurts. Do I think it's the worst thing in the world? No. Do I think that it will absolutely hurt? Yes, because he is a great coach. But they keep Ryan Nielsen. They keep Chris Richard. They keep Pete Carmichael. They add in a couple of coaches. They, they bring in a Cody Burns from Tennessee who I expect to help out this wide receiver group. 
they do a great job of making win now move after win now move, whether it's adding Tyron Matthew or adding Jarvis Landry or adding a first round pick so you could draft Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. The Saints have been aggressive all offseason. And they kept saying, we're winning now, we're winning now, we're winning now. So that's giving your coach the roster that he needs, but also instilling faith in him, right? To say, like, the time is now. And I think about what Dennis Allen said before with the familiarity and, and things being set. He's just got to execute. And I think about the way Sean Payton talked about it earlier this week, saying it's kind of like showing up to Thanksgiving dinner. The turkey's ready. Now you just have to carve it. And I love that analogy because I think that's all Dennis Allen's got to do now. Is the Saints roster, I would say, tough? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, there's a stretch for the Saints where they have the Bengals, Cardinals, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, Rams, 49ers, Bucks. That is absurd. But good teams find ways to win football games against other good teams, which the Saints have been doing for the last five years. And really talented rosters usually win out in the NFL. Right? We all love to get mad about the Rams because the Rams kind of defy normal logic of roster building, right? They, they, they get rid of draft picks like they're nothing. They don't care if they add star power after star power and whether or not that's going to affect the locker room because they say talent wins out. And guess what? Talent wins out. They did it last this past season. And I'll go even two years back. The Buccaneers. No, look, I'm not here to, to commend the Buccaneers for winning a Super Bowl, but guess what the Buccaneers did? They knew they had a talent roster. They added Tom Brady. They added some win-now pieces here and there, like a Gronk, a Fournette, whatever, Antonio Brown, and they win. The Saints have, in terms of roster construction, are doing the same thing now. You know, other thoughts be damned, they got Marcus May. They got Jarvis Landry. They got Tyron Matthew. They traded a first-round pick that drafted, that, that, that just drove people crazy, people who do the draft pick value chart. That drove them crazy. And they got a guy, and Chris Olave moved up. Whether or not it affected the point system, they didn't care. They said draft picks be damned. We're going to make that move. All, all the pieces are there. The history of the last three years bodes well for Dennis Allen. Now it's time to just make it work. It's time to make it happen. So I, I think when I look at this season and I look at you know opening games against the Falcons and the Bucks and the Panthers, the slate will get tougher later. You got to come out and you got to make things happen. And you got to make things happen early because I think you have to, A, send a message that you are the right guy for the job, but B, show the NFC you're not fucking around. Because I really think that this is the, this is the year for the Saints in terms of looking around the NFC. If there's going to be a weird team that kind of makes a run out of nowhere, they kind of have the talent to do it. And I'm not saying they will do it. I'm just saying the pieces are there. And if they fall greatly short of that and miss the playoffs, that's a disappointing year. And I don't want you to hear from anyone else to tell you differently. And I don't think anyone else will tell you differently, whether it's Ross or Nick or, or the Saints Twitter podcast, wherever you get your great Saints content from, I think they'll tell you the same. Do not settle for anything short, shorter than playoffs. Because I think for this team to miss it with all that talent in an NFC that I really cannot tell you who's the top dog, it would be a disappointment. And that's, that's where I'm at. And, and this isn't for me to go on some type of rant and say that I think the, the Saints are going to fail this year. No, I'm telling you, I, I, want, I expect them to be a 10-7 and 7 team, maybe 11-6. and 6. And boy, if Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston hit it off, 12-5. and 5. Like that, That's how good this team can be. But I'm going to go with 10-7 and 7 for now, and I'm going to say if they miss the playoffs, we are going to have a discussion about what they should do future-wise at coach. Because that's, that's how good I think this roster is, and that's how good I think the assistant coaches are. 
Like I, I say a lot of pressure on the head coach, but a lot of pressure on the head coach because he's also got some great cooks in the kitchen with him. Chris Richard, Ryan Nielsen, Pete Carmichael, they've been doing their thing for years. Now it's on Dennis Allen. Time to show what you can do, and we'll see what happens there. Before I wrap it up, guys, if you have any questions, comments, predictions, drop them in, and I'll pull them up and share them here, and we'll talk about it uh, before we wrap it up. So we'll do about five minutes of comments, questions, predictions from you guys. Throw them in the YouTube chat. I will gladly put them up and see what you guys have to say, um, and we'll go from there. But, yeah, absolutely, man. Look, injuries always play a huge part. I, we could go as far as saying injuries are the reason the Saints missed the playoffs last year. Jameis going down, Michael Thomas never playing, Ramchek getting hurt, Armstead getting hurt. Everyone got hurt last year. Everyone. So I 1,000% agree injuries play a part. But in the event the Saints do not have major injuries and they don't get decimated by them, I, I think that would be really disappointing to see them miss the playoffs. That's why I, I do think highly of this year's squad. Do you think Juwan Johnson figures it out this season? Uh, I mean, it depends what we think figured it out. Do I think Juwan Johnson can be a serviceable NFL player? I do think he can. Uh, the athleticism there, another year in the system of learning tight end. He did make the roster. I mean, th this is a guy that, I, I yeah, I would I would go as far to say that if you're just asking about whether or not he could be a serviceable guy in a 53-man roster, I think he could figure it out. But I, I do think that, you know, the tight end room as a whole has stuff to figure out. Like, not just Juwan, which makes it really interesting, right? Whether it's Troutman or, or Taysom Hill or Juwan Johnson, one of them, at least one of them, has got to step up. And that puts great urgency. And I think with great urgency, you kind of see which guys are going to put in the hard work and put in the hours in the gym and and see what it pays off. But for Jawan, there's chemistry there with Jameis. That bodes well for him. The athleticism factor is there. How is he going to do as a blocker? And can he take advantage of those moments where his number is called? And it'll come down to that. But I, I do think that for Jawan, I don't think his ceiling is as high as people might hope because I think when we think wide receiver converted to tight end, we just expect him to dominate the position because we think of a guy like Jimmy Graham who was really a wide receiver playing tight end and we just kind of think to that. But I think Jawan can be a serviceable football player. I, I, I kind of have no doubts about that. He's just got to make the most of his opportunities. And while we're on that, I, I, I'll say this for the Saints. I'm very curious to see how guys like Jawan Johnson, how guys like Taysom Hill how they play at the tight end spot. Because, uh, you know, I'm sitting here gushing over Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave and Alvin Kamara. Those tight ends should have an opportunity to see a lot of single coverage, a lot of gaps in zone coverage, and they, they should have opportunities to shine. If they don't, shame on them, honestly. So we'll kind of see how that unfolds. Another, another comment here, and I... I agree with this before, and, and this is probably the one thing for the Falcons game that I think is going to really play a huge factor here. Kyle Pitts. What do the Saints have game plan for Kyle Pitts? Because, man, I, I, I feel pretty good about him leading the league in receiving yards from the tight end spot. More than Kelsey, more than Kittle, more than Waller. Like that, I think Kyle Pitts is in store for a monster year. Part of that is the Falcons don't have any other options. And the other part of it, he's just a bad man at that tight end position. I mean, this is a, you talk about wide receivers playing tight end. That is a wide receiver playing tight end. And, and I think he's going to be a matchup nightmare. So I'm very curious to see how the Saints kind of focus in on him. I was about to say Taysom at tight end is the next factor. He could be a matchup nightmare. I 1000% agree with that DJ. And I, I think that Taysom at any position on the offense is outside of quarterback is going to be an X factor because there is that unknown to him that does make him a scary football player, right? 
I think the thing about quarterback that always made us so frustrating was that it's almost like he told himself, I have to stay in the pocket and I can't leave the pocket. The best part about Taysom is the fact that he's so athletic and so strong at the same time. And it's very rare to get that combination in today's NFL. And he's got that. So he is 1000% going to be a matchup nightmare in some situations. And I would be surprised if the Saints don't have something brewing for him this weekend against a team which we talked about in the Falcons. Taysom's got their number. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. But I, I 1000% expect him to have moments where he's going to do his thing. And, and I think that for the Saints, it comes down to just making sure you game plan it the right way. Now, before I wrap it up, just one more minute and I'll close this thing out. Just want to remind you guys, if you want more Saints coverage throughout the night, on Buku Media, you could check out John Hendricks' recent report that he just put up on the YouTube page. And also, stay tuned, 8 p.m. Central, I believe, uh, Jack Halata will go live to talk more Saints stuff. It'll be on Buku Media's YouTube page. I believe he's streaming live, so stay tuned for that if you guys want more Saints coverage here at BKM. Um, but absolutely, Taysom destroys Atlanta, and I'll probably wrap it, on, uh, wrap it up on that. I personally expect the Saints to win on Sunday, but I do think it's going to be close. And I, I could see this game being a 23-20, nail-biting, not that we want that type of game. But the Saints got a lot of talent, and they got to start out of the gate with a win because their schedule will get much tougher. So we'll see what happens. Taysom will be a factor. I think Alvin Kamara is in for a big, big Sunday if the Saints get their game plan the way they want it and execute perfectly. I expect AK to do his thing, and they could trickle down from there. Saints-Falcons this Sunday in Atlanta. Hopefully the Saints can start it off with a win, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast, the destination for the Houdat Nation. You're listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast.